It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of The Table. My name is Jason Squires, and I am the host of the of this podcast. Uh, this month, we're talking about tech teams and the relationship between worship teams and tech teams. And we are joined by my good friend David. David, how's it going, man? Good, good. Thanks for having me, Jason. I'm glad to be here. Ah, oh, dude, it's good to be here. It's good to be with you. And I mean, we're we're. Uh, um, I love I love these because we get to hang out and kind of connect. And um, tell us about you. Tell us about tell us about you. Sunday sounds. Kind of all things, David. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher your last name. It's Faltzgraf, right? Faltzgraf. I did it wrong. Man. I got you, it right. No, you I got, got it right. Faltzgraf. Faltzgraf. We, we can end the podcast P. right there. Like, yeah, right. That's a that, flawless run. It, between you and uh, Alex <laughs> and Fiegian, I'm always like, which one? How, how do you how do you say how do you say your name? But like, uh, yeah, it's that silent P. You see it and you go, ah, it throws me off. I don't know. There's a there's a P and a Z and there's, there's all sorts of things going on in your name. But hey, t- tell us about you. Yeah, I'm David Faltzgraf. You got it right. Uh, I'm an Iowa boy. been married to my wife for going on 14 years. We met in church when we were little kids, started dating when we were in youth band. I went to school to be a worship leader, and that was the track I was on. I led worship at church plants, a couple different church staff positions as a worship leader. And then along the way, kind of started this business called Sunday Sounds on the side, but really more on accident as I was trying to figure out how to prepare keyboard sounds for my own worship teams, the teams that I was leading as a worship leader and uh, found other people online who were trying to solve the same problems. And eventually it kind of became like a side hustle at first while I was still a full-time worship leader, tech director, lighting director, all sorts of different hats. Uh, and then eventually, uh, I, I'm, I'm thankful that I was able to turn it into my vocation, into a, a full-time job, and then build a small team around me. So now we just get to make keyboard playing software and keyboard sounds and piano sounds, and that's what we spend our day-to-day focusing on. So it's kind of right alongside the church now where we get to create resources for, it's like what I wish I would have had when I was a worship leader with very little budget very little time, but talented musicians on my team. So my wife and I have uh, three kids. It's pretty awesome to be able to work from home, spend a lot of time with them. You, you've you kind of had all the hats, the tech team, the worship team, the worship leader, you know, and now you're doing Sunday Sounds. This month we're talking yeah. about tech teams and worship leaders and how the relationship can be strained sometimes between, in, in, um, in how that looks and how that doesn't have to be strained, but it can be strained. Um, why do tech teams yeah. and worship leaders struggle to communicate? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great uh, big question that I think we'll have <laughs> lots to talk about. I mean, you know, from I, I come at this from two perspectives. I think about when I was a full-time worship leader slash tech director. Like I had both of those hats in the the position I had just prior to taking Sunday Sounds as like my full-time career. So I was spending like half of my time preparing to lead worship for various services. I did 
you know, adult services on the weekends. I did youth services. I helped make sure children's ministry was set. It was a, a busy worship leading job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but right alongside it, I was doing all of the tech directing stuff for all of those various venues within this campus as well. So I, I guess I got on my own nerves a lot as I was trying to balance these, these two different dynamics of like, I've got a volunteer team of tech directors and I have a volunteer team of musicians and they come at this responsibility from really drastically different perspectives oftentimes. So that's like my first bit of experience is like boots on the ground, real world. Like I wish I could wear one of these hats instead of half wear both of them kind of thing. More recently, uh, at Sunday Sounds, we find that we serve about 50% worship leaders and musicians, and then 50% like more of the tech directing side of the people that are like trying to engage with technology and like push that onto the stage to help the the musicians in their band. So we get emails from you know the 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 volunteer keyboardist who's middle-aged and is trying to figure out how to use their computer or the iPad for the first time. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we get an email from someone who's incredibly tech savvy and is like, how can I send an additional 24 audio outputs via Dante to my sound desk so I can multi-track the audio more efficiently for the live stream? And that's like the tech director person. Like, so there's just, I, I think that really exemplifies just how vast the perspective difference can be yeah. between the people that are often on the stage as creatives and the people that are behind the desk who are more you know, logistics and solution oriented. So I guess from my perspective, it people really do like different personalities find themselves in those roles. And I think oftentimes that leading in with personality is what, where these things start off on kind of the wrong foot because the perspectives are just different. I don't know. Does no, that make sense? Have you absolutely. No, you have, you have like the creative brain and the, like the, lo the logistical brain trying to have a conversation and, it as much as we want to say it's going to work it, there's you're going to have conflict with it you're going to have issues there's going to be there's going to be misunderstanding mis uh, moments of misunderstanding and um i wouldn't have done it that way or i wouldn't have think i thought to do it that way or you didn't give me enough information like the right. you know the the guys who want the run sheet the detailed run sheet and the guys who want the like as long as the songs are on there it's fine run sheet you know type of type yep. of a world um <laughs> I love how you said the middle age trying to understand an iPad and 24 channels on Dante. Like there's, there's two very different and yeah. we, you're somehow supposed to lead both of those, right? Like both right. of those worlds. And it's not just everybody. A lot of teams in other scenarios are like a group of people that think along and they're moving something down the road then think along the same way. And in, in the worship world, it's like, you're not, these are two separate groups of people on the same team doing doing something and somehow the worship leader is supposed to kind of connect all levels and it just it it fails i mean it, it it's hard it's hard yeah yeah it presents a lot of challenges i mean i think people musicians think of the their art as like entirely subjective right it just like they just kind of breathe it out into the room and expect it to be accepted at face value as this like it's it's my art it yep. is good because I made it. And then the people behind the desk are looking at meters and EQ and compression thresholds and the DB meter reading in the room. And they're like focused entirely on the objective. Yep. Like, is it is it loud enough? Is it too loud? 
you know, who's hitting their cues, who's flat, who's sharp, who's too bassy, who's not bassy enough. And I, I think like neither of those things is, is really the full productive, like truth about what we're trying to do when we're, you know, engaging in leading worship. There is a subjective, you know, like, like spiritual element in, in the way that we put out our art and try to reflect beauty and encourage our congregations. But there's also, you know, there is an objective reality about like, well, if we make the room too loud, then certain people won't be able to engage. If we make the room too quiet, certain people might have more difficulty engaging. But it's that that balance between artistry and objectivity. Like, how do we as worship leaders balance the two things? We have limited time. You know, we, we're working with mostly volunteers Right. Um, maybe not our ideal suite of gear for most churches, maybe not our ideal suite of musicians some weekends, uh, but we're supposed to like coax this beautiful thing, this this uh, harmonious thing yes. out of pretty disparate ingredients. <laughs> and so there has to be like a like some compromise, but nobody wants to call it a compromise either, because that doesn't feel good when you're when you're talking about your art or when 100%. you're talking about your craft, you know. <laughs> no, dude, I've been on stage before where there's like a like a technology fail. And my first thought has been, why did the sound guy not do it right? Like my first right. thought is always like, they they did something wrong. And it's like, wait a minute, maybe they didn't do something wrong. Maybe the gear failed or maybe maybe something like along that line. But my first thought is like, I'm here to sing. I'm here to, like, it doesn't sound right. I need more of this in my ear. And the person's in the back struggling. And I'm like, I need, I need, I need. And it's like, no, wait a minute. This is a two. This is like you said. This is a this is a team. This is a team effort on this on right. this uh, on this regards. And so, um, yeah, man. This uh, the the um, how would you? How can I, as a worship leader, foster a great relationship with my tech team? I know there's going to be issues, but what are some things I can do, like out the gate like you know i'm gonna start i i i'm driving down the road realizing i don't have a good relationship with my tech team or sure. i'm sitting here listening going man i i want to have a better relationship with my tech team but i don't even know what step one would be to start that what would you kind of how would you respond to that yeah i well i'll use a, a music analogy um you can gain a lot of clout or respect from your drummer when you evolve past the point of just beatboxing at them and start using drummer language. Truth. Like if, if you're just saying boom, boom, pap, and you don't even talk about kick and snare, then they're, they're going to take what you say with a massive grain of salt and, and, and maybe feel like, okay, like you're asking me for something, but you don't really understand what you're even asking for because of the way you're asking for it. And so I think so that's how, you know, like that's how we we could build a stronger relationship with our drummers is by like investing some effort into learning like what are common drumming techniques? What are the parts of the drum kit called? What 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 can I do to understand the psyche of the average drummer a bit better to have some empathy and some understanding with what their struggles or excited you know exciting things are? Like what are they most jazzed about doing from the kit? So when it comes to taking that analogy now putting it in the booth um, it's, it is a different mindset because we're not dealing with necessarily like the, like the, the artist necessarily, not that, not that all audio engineers wouldn't classify themselves as artists. Totally. Cause I think there's, there's definitely a, a creative component. There's an artistry to it. And some of my favorite engineers have viewed their role as like a musical role, Yep. but 
Um, if you're just kind of saying it doesn't feel right to them from from the the stage during sound check, um, and if that's kind of the extent or depth of feedback that you give them, then you're gonna get a pretty abstract response back most of the time. So I, I found that most of the time when there's this communication breakdown or just maybe like a, a lack of clear communication, it's just because people don't know which words are actually the most meaningful to use or they don't know how everybody's defining those words. So if if you as an artist are talking about feeling or if you're talking about vibe or if you're just saying too loud, too quiet, and that's like the extent of it, then you're only going to get engagement back at that level. So I think it's worth pushing into like, how can I get more in line with what they are thinking? How are they approaching their role? You know, what are the most important things to them? And how can I start to understand and, and empathize with some of that? And then frame what I need or what I perceive through my understanding of that instead of just coming from my place alone. Um, so that 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 ends up looking like oftentimes there's more of an understanding of like, okay, these are the things that you need from the desk to actually run a successful sound check. So I'm going to help as the worship leader to ensure that that happens. If it's just 10 or 15 minutes at the start of each rehearsal, I'm going to make sure you get that time because I understand it has value to you. And that that routine, that specificity goes a really long way. Like the objective time of the rehearsal of like, hey, let's get everybody's gain staging set. Let's make sure everybody's monitors are relatively mixed. Give me time to like go crazy on the snare reverb for like 90 seconds. And then I won't mention it again, but I nah. need those 90 seconds to feel good about my role, right? If you can carve out that space, then all of a sudden you've made all that room for the subjective afterwards because you let that role like kind of run the show and, and do this like, hey, objective moment. We're going to we're gonna do the step-by-step -step practical stuff that you would always want to do if you were running a you know professional gig or running a venue or doing a tour. Um, create that environment. But if you yeah. don't even know what, what the first thing to do going about that would be, you've got to start with those conversations, you know, learning how to communicate, how to speak that language, and then then I think the relationship evolves from that foundation, that investment of time. Oh man, we could end the podcast right there. That was, dude, that's so good. I mean, cause truly you just go like, man, it it's about, it's about relationship. I mean, you literally go in and go, I want to understand where you're at, what you're doing, mm -hmm. how you respond. And then when I, you know, I love the boom, booms pop. You're like, if you could just bah, bah, and you're like, what is that? Nothing in my kit makes a sound. <laughs> But, if, but that's what I'm looking for. I'm the, you know, and um, the, like, how does that, you know, and, and and the sound guy, you just go, it doesn't sound right. It's like going to the doctor. You're like, I don't feel good. Right. What does that mean? Like, I don't know how to respond. You know, I don't know how to help you if you don't actually tell me, like, using words um, that actually make sense so I can come back and go, this is what we would need to do. Um, learning the verbiage. I love uh, I love when you like in, immersed in a culture at a church and realize that there are there's churches have verbiage that is like yeah. set to them like they know what they're talking about when I've I do a lot of guest leading and when I come in it's like I don't know what anybody's talking about. oh I need to I like understand <laughs> some of the words that you're using when you say right. you know when you're trying to do things and um, but also having that protocol in the, your sound check where it's like this is what we're gonna do. And the band knows, like this is this is not this is not. We have to set this time aside because just as I want to be prepared, so does the person running sound, so does the person running slides, 
Um, right. And it's, there's nothing, you know, it's you always, whenever there's a fail in, in, in the room where it's like the lyrics don't come up on the screen as I was a worship leader, like I changed the song mid, you know, mid set. And then the, right. the words are wrong. It's always the slide person's fault. It's never the worship leader's fault. Have you ever, have you ever noticed that? <laughs> like everyone's like, oh, they didn't put the right song up. And you're like, no, I changed it mid. It's a, it's a thankless job. It's sometimes. a thing. And it's like they're only, they only go, they only go, uh, if they go unnoticed, they're doing their job right. Is that, I mean, and right. so anyway, but yeah, <laughs> why, why is, uh, I love this, by the way, I love all of this. Why is, so why is team cohesion important to kind of the execution of the worship experience? Like, why is it important for us to be together and have some of these things preset and pre-decided and kind of build a culture of this in order sure. to do Sunday? Right. I mean, like, I, I guess for me, it comes down to why we do anything, right? Like, why do we, why do we not just sing acapella? Why do we not just chant? Why don't we just do one person with an acoustic guitar? Like, why are we trying to bring anything more than that? Um, and that's, you know, maybe that's a whole nother podcast, but I think like in a nutshell, we're, we're trying to like bring people together on stage or on the platform or whatever you, you know, whatever you call it. We're trying to do that because it's representative of what we're wanting the entire church to do, right? It's like, hey, let's all get together and let's engage in this time together. Let's create a joyful noise. Let's try to express ourselves and, and, and you know, just have this time where we can purposefully connect. And like, I think, uh, you know, doing that musically is is really just a touchstone. It's just an example we could do that in any other way, right? I mean, we can, we, we doesn't have to be music. Music is just an easy way for us to tap into it. And there's all sorts of like biblical examples for using music in that way. Um, and it gets more and more complicated as you bring more people into the band, as the room gets larger, as the the number of speakers grows or, or whatever. So like, as we layer in more complexity it's because we're trying to 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 make that cohesion even more noticeable right i think yeah. like for it to be an even stronger message like oh my gosh they they're putting a lot of heart and and god-given creativity into the fact that their music sounds good the fact that they took the time to tune their guitars the fact that they made sure there were no misspellings in the lyrics that spelled out bad words. It's all proper. Like everything is actually laid out here. The lighting cues are good. I can see the people who are singing the songs so I can engage with them. And then the, the, the tech team is just playing right along with that, that whole purpose. Like whether you have one person and that's your whole tech team, or if you have a dozen people in the booth or in the video room or in the, you know, behind the lighting desk, um, it's all, I think about in the end, just bringing something that feels united, um, bringing something that feels like there's a single purpose for why we're all here. We're all putting like, you know, multiple volunteer hours or like our full-time vocational careers for some of us into yep. this, this time, like we're really investing, you know? Um, so when there's cohesion, I think that message just comes across more clearly. There's nothing to get in the way of it on the human side. It's just up to the people in the congregation to come from where they are and and meet with God in the way that they're capable of in that time as they feel encouraged to. When there's a lack of cohesion, it just it it you know you lose out on some of that multiplication, right? Like if you feel like you have two or three teams instead of one, 
then I think you just lose a little bit of that essence, that that multiplicative effect. Um, and maybe those those weekends or those services just aren't quite as effective as they could have been otherwise. And you know, worst case scenario is when there's a total lack of cohesion. Sometimes those those breakdowns can cause you know full on stops where it's like, well, nobody's actually getting any any edification or encouragement out of this moment. Yeah. Something else entirely is happening. Maybe we actually look, you know, like we're not united at all. Maybe it's actually discouraging someone in the congregation because there was like a clear, dirty look from the person on stage to the person in the booth. And now maybe some people who are a little bit more cynical in your congregation might just dwell on that for the next song yep. instead of, you know, leaning into worship. Yeah. How do you, um, we talked about like my role as a worship leader, building a relationship with the, the tech team. What about the mm -hmm. band as a whole? And how do we, how do we kind of have, bring that cohesion around kind of fostering the relationship between the drummer and the, and the tech team between the vocalists and the tech team. That's not just, not just me, but like kind of all encompassing. Like we've talked about, there might be one person in the booth. There might be a dozen people in the booth. Like it's not, yeah. there might be one person on stage. There might be 40 people on stage. Like it just, it, right. how do you, how do you, how would you kind of bring all that around? What are some kind of helpful tips on that? Well, everybody's busy, right? I mean, the guitarists have their in-ears in, they're stomping their helix patches and they're tuning up the drummers, doom, 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 you know, and the vocalists are warming up or just using their phones, waiting for everybody else to get ready. And the tech people are putting new batteries in the mics and they're checking the slides or they're talking about the lighting cues or whatever. Um, so in those moments, like before rehearsals, after rehearsals, there's lots to do. So I think it's really useful to, to think about the culture of your church and then find moments where there's a circle, like maybe a literal circle. Right. Yeah. Where everybody gets out of their spaces, whether that's, you know, on the, the platform or in the booth, like maybe everybody comes up to the stage or comes to the green room or comes to the front of the, the, the auditorium or whatever. And you actually all look at each other and pray and talk through, you know, you can talk through the service order. You can talk through anything that's unusual or technical or that you just want to make sure is covered. Um, but, but make sure there's that time where like, Hey, you know, we might have, you know, people on offense and people on defense, and they're never on the field at the same time. But before the game and after the game, we're all in the same locker room. We're all on the same team, right? Um, so those those moments just kind of don't naturally happen if you're working with volunteers who just show up with just enough time to do their thing and be ready to start going. Yep. Um, so I think it's good to build that into your service plans, you know, put it on planning center or whatever, however you organize your services. Um, I had the, I've had the opportunity to guest at some churches as well to, to sit in with bands. And there's a band, a church in Colorado Springs called New Life Church. And one thing that they do that I was really impressed by is they actually huddle up after each service for like three or four minutes. And they just call out things that other people in the teams did that they thought were meaningful. That's awesome. So those, and, and it's allowed to be spiritual and it's allowed to be practical and it's allowed to be funny. So sometimes it's like, Hey, music director, you were really cracking me up when we went off schedule or went off plan and you were like trying to keep us all in a line, like really well done. Sometimes it will be like, you know, when you led this down bridge vocally, it was just such a beautiful time of worship. Like, thank you for leaning into that. Other times it will be, uh, you know, to the, the audio engineer, thank you for making sure that we could hear all of the lead vocals throughout the service by, 
you know, keeping that matrix bus mixed nicely. Yep. Um, so it's like, it's all, it can be a spiritual time. It can be a practical time. Sometimes it's just like, that was a killer guitar solo. Well done. Like awesome music playing. Um, but I, 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 it's the only church I've ever been a part of that does the immediate afterwards retrospective. And I love it's that. Only, it's only focused on good stuff. If there's yeah. like bad stuff, they, they save it for the next day or whatever, yep. like when the, but like only the good stuff immediately after, and then they pray it out and then they go home. Um, that's not, that might not work for might not work for every church. Yeah. But but it's just like a culture thing. For them, it works. It's like very short, it's to the point, but it it's that moment where everybody's in the circle, you know? Yep. Oh, that's amazing. I think that I mean, it's it's not a lot of time, but it's a lot of it's a lot of uh like return on investment. Well, ROI, you know, a lot of return yeah. on investment when yeah. you just go, I'm gonna spend a little bit of time, people get to speak into other people. And it's not one. It's not just me. The leader is saying, "Good job, good job, good job." It's the drummer telling the vocalist. It's the sound guy telling the whatever. Like it's it's all encompassing. That's huge, man. That's a great. That's a great. Uh, that's a great thing to implement um, in kind of the overall day. And like you said, these types of things put them in planning center. It's not just like, oh, I have a meeting to get to. I didn't realize. It's like, no, I have my order, right. and it says what I'm doing today, and I'm I'm gonna be at that meeting beforehand. And feels like one of those things that when you do it enough, people would just kind of come like it, like, like right. look forward to the time when I get to speak, uh, speak goodness over somebody and um, kind of help that whole team cohesion. That's amazing. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I love it. So you work with creatives and programmers in your current in your in your in your in your in your role at, at Sunday. So you work in all I mean, you're, you're kind of in that space. Um, yep. What are some ways that you lead your team in meaning how do you how do you kind of do that in the in in regards to like you have both worlds people that are creative people programming you're i mean you spend your days now programming doing doing right. programming people are creating sounds and um and yep. what are, how do you how do you how do you do that like what are, how, t- talk us through some of like the like from a leadership sure. standpoint where, where that comes from for you oh, that's a good question uh it's interesting. We've got we've got on our team and even like within myself, like really creative instinct to just go down a rabbit hole of like, how can we make the coolest this kind of sound ever? Like the best pad. Yeah. And we could spend like, you know, four, five, six years chasing after that pad sound. <laughs> But that's not really fruitful, right? I mean, like that's a little bit too long to spend chasing one pad sound. So like that's that's like the instinct is like, let's just do the creative thing. And on the other side, we have we have we have our own software um that we have to make sure keeps working as Apple, you know, updates their their OS and consistently tries to break things and then we have to like <laughs> fix them. Um so there's an urgency there of like, hey, our, our customers at Sunday Sounds need our app our software to work every single time they open it at church for a rehearsal or a service. It's just got to work. Not only does it have to work, it has to be really useful and it needs to be like time saving or they'll they'll find something else that saves them more time or is more useful. So we have this like this creative like drive to just kind of see what happens. And then we have this, uh, this objective urgency to like, hey, we've got to take action. We want to provide something helpful to people. And we need to make sure that it's always reliable. 
Um, so I think in the, in the end, how we channel those two things together is thinking about like, why are we doing any of this in the first place? Like, what are the outcomes for us? Uh, and like, what's most valuable to our whole team all get behind, even though some of us would love to just chase that ideal pad sound and others of us would love to just write the most efficient code in the history of code. Um, why are we doing those two things? So for us, you know, it's like, like core values, right. And like, and thinking about who our, our audience is quote unquote, like the people that we get to serve. And that's just churches. It's volunteers. Mostly it's, you know, worship leaders who are trying to empower their volunteers. So yep. when we're working on a, a feature and there's like a two different ways to code it or approach it, we think about, well, what would the, that user find the most valuable and is it way more complicated to do it one way or the other? Um, and then we balance those things out and that steers the decision for us. And that's true of the creative side too. When we're trying to come up with a great sound, you know, we have to decide like, it's not just that this is a really cool sound we're excited about, but will other people, will churches actually find this useful? Will they know what to do with it uh, or will it be confusing to them? And maybe it's something we want to like push them into trying a new thing. So if we're going to push them into a new thing, how are we going to explain that? We can't just make some crazy out there sound and then not provide any direction on how to use it. We have to like educate in that, that sense, you know? Yeah. So, but if we didn't know who it was for or what context it would be used in, then we wouldn't be able to educate and we wouldn't be able to sort of curate, you know, our work from both sides, the creative side and the really practical technical side. So yeah, like, who are we, who are we doing this for? How are they going to be using it? Why does any of that matter? And what does it look like when when they're excited about the about the results they get. And then we just channel it all through that. If it's going to not achieve those goals, then we we probably just end up not doing it. It's so good, man. I'm just I love you have a you have a you have a business brain and a creative brain. I can tell and sometimes they I have the same way and sometimes they go to battle inside of my head yeah. where you're like, I have an idea. You're like I can see I can see something. And as a creative and from the business brain, figure out how to make it work. So I see, I see option, I see opportunity in everything, which is right. a struggle and a, and a, it's, it's like a blessing and a curse where you can go, yeah, I can rock, I can walk into an empty room and go, this would make the greatest coffee shop if we over here. And then <laughs> as a business owner, it would look like, and you, my wife's like, stop, you know, stop thinking about both sides. And I'm like, I know, but everything has possibility. And, um, so it's like right. a good, it's a good, I can, and I can make it happen. So that's the, sounds like we have the same kind of the same concepts there, but. I think, uh, yeah, I think a lot of worship leaders like have that sort of like entrepreneurial bug. If it's not to yep. actually start a business, it's to like grow a strong team. Right. But like I run into a lot of worship leaders who get kind of burnt out on the roadblocks that they run into as they're trying to achieve those goals. Sometimes yep. it's like the budget committee just won't make it possible for me to do what I want to do or. You know, the volunteers don't get the vision like it is it is a weird sort of thing to build in some ways because you're not in control of all of the pieces like you might be if you did just like start a business or like, you know, start a nonprofit. You're always yep. interacting with other people um, who have who have not just like skin in the game, but actually like a stake in what you can or can't do, like the money or the people or the opportunities or the venues. So. That's like you throw an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial person in a bottle and then tell them that they can only work within that bottle. And then there's like a 
all it's glass and they can see everything else that they could do, but they have to work within that environment. Yep. That's why like you have to focus on bringing people along with you. Like there has to be a strong vision. It can't just come from you if you're working in ministry, right? It has to make sense for your whole church. Um, but yeah, that as a worship leader, you have to be willing to, to focus on what everyone around you is also up to and how you can, you know, latch onto and, and catch onto that and also bring something of the fullness of who you are creatively and, you know, pastorally, ministerially. Um, and then that, that can bleed into the teams around you. If you can, if you can really handle writing that line, um, you don't want to be like a, like a burnt out, like, oh, I wish I could just run this myself sort of leader. Um, cause then you, you run out of volunteers, right? You run out of goodwill. Yep. You run out of energy cause you're doing everything yourself. And you will be the only person at that point. If you, right. yep. Right. Awesome, man. So we call our podcast The Table, and I believe good conversation happens over good food. So mm. if I'm coming over to the Falterkraft house for dinner, what is a meal that might be on the table? Oh, that's that's a great question. I think uh, we've got people over to the house. If it's going to be just like a hangout, I would I like to serve some tacos, something you can just kind of eat with your hands, like pretty informal. Everybody's just a little messy. Yep. But, you know, like small plate tacos, not not big old like ground beef and cheddar cheese tacos, like, you know, al pastor, like carnitas or carne asada. So you just like you make a taco, you're kind of talking, go get another taco 20 minutes late. You you got like multiple hours of tacos for like multiple hours of conversation, right? Um, Multiple hours of tacos for multiple hours of conversation. Yeah, that's That's that's, that. That's a great that just right there makes my heart so happy. That makes my heart. Right. Well, come on over. That's There's amazing. Still There's still time. <laughs> There's still time. Uh, multiple hours of tacos or multiple hours of conversation. That's just a good day. That's a good day. I love it. Hey, tell us how we can connect with you and Sunday Sounds. And um, if we want to go look at some of the things you're doing, give us all of that. Sure. Best way to start is just to go to sundaysounds.com. You can kind of browse like the, the the stuff that we give away, we we do a lot of free videos on like worship piano and how to approach the keys position. We speak to worship leaders and to worship keys players in those videos. And then we have our application Sunday keys, which is sort of the all-in-one, everything you need to sound great from the keyboard live software. And uh, yeah, you can learn about that and you can download some free resources on our website. You can find our YouTube channel there too. So sundaysounds.com is the best place to start if you've never heard of us and would like to learn a little bit more about what we do. I love it. I love that you didn't call it false graph sounds because nobody would have ever found it. Nobody would have ever been able to type the P and the F, the F, Z. Anyway, sorry, I just said. Yeah, Sunday sounds. I love it, man. This is so good. I appreciate you hanging out today. I appreciate you uh, taking time to pour into worship leaders and continuing, kind of continuing that conversation and um taking all the stuff that you've learned over the years and I'm um, just kind of helping worship leaders be better. It's a good, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. Good. Thanks for the conversation, Jason. It's, it's been fun. No problem, man. All right, guys, we will see everybody uh, next week.